Hi, everybody. Dave Sims, Seattle Mariners TV announcer, and you're listening to LC and Jack with the Breadman. listening to the LC and Jack radio show live from New York and now here are your hosts LC and Jack Welcome to the LC and Jack radio show with your man, LC and the bread man, holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us at 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. Well, bread, it is going to get a little frigid here in New York. Actually, half of the United States is below zero which is pretty amazing, mm. and actually all the way down to, you know, a lot of my family down in New Orleans, which uh, we won't get into New Orleans, but um, mm-hmm. any any crazy, you know, we should be in the Super Bowl, but we won't, we won't go hey. there. It is actually hey. going to be in the teens, and anybody who knows anything in that far in the Mid-South, it's never that cold, not that cold. So mm. stay warm out there. It's... I think negative 50 in Chicago. So for all our listeners mm. out there in Chicago, man, I, I can't even tell you to bundle up. I mean, you, you're just going to have to throw on how many blankets on top of your coats because that's how frigid it's going to be. So be careful and um, stay warm listening to us, Elsie and Jack radio show with the bread man. Well, we, as we do, we bring you great guests. So with that said, Brad, let's get right at it. Our guest All right. is the TV play-by-play announcer for the Seattle Mariners. He's also the radio play-by-play for Sunday afternoon football on Westwood One. And the co-host of Basketball and Beyond which, with Coach K. We are so happy to welcome to the show Mr. Dave Sims. Hello, Dave. How are you? What's going on, fellas? I'm doing well. How are you? All right, oh, all right. we're good, we're good, we're good. We we know that, you know, in your case, uh, fortunately for you, you're in sunny Florida, so, so you're yeah, doing a lot better than us up here in New York. No, not necessarily. It's 48 and windy and a little bit of rain where I am <laughs> yeah. right now. Sounds like you were talking about most of the country is uh, really catching heck, man. It's uh, you know Florida winter time and. You know, I didn't. I knew it was going to be 78 or 88, but you know, we had, we've had an unbelievable amount of rain down here. I'm just popping in for a little bit, visiting uh, my mother-in-law. But man, oh man, it's unbelievable. Really? Well, I'll take the rain over the sub-frozen weather conditions mm-hmm. that's really impacted most of the country. I think they said it's 35 states, which is crazy. I believe it. 35 states. I don't think there's any question about it, man. It is crazy. So, again, we 
We uh, welcome you and, and thank you for uh, just, you know stopping on by. We, you know, big fans. You've been doing your your resume is very extensive. I've only really introduced you properly of very small, minute of, of what you are currently doing and what you've done. But I guess going through your journey, um, your personal journey to where you are now, was there a mentor or someone that kind of guided you to uh, stay on the right road or, 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 you know, just gave you some tidbits of how to be successful and how to get into the business? Well, I, you know, I think that starts with my parents. You know, they're both gone now, but they were, you know, great guiding points. And, and then, you know, once I think probably – Quick thought. Let me think. Um, I can think of a few guys. There was a guy named Tim Kelly, who was the uh, sports editor at the Philadelphia Inquirer when I had my first internship. Uh, as what I was coming out of my sophomore year in college, and uh, they invited me back for a second year. So I did two summers there, and then I did a third summer in, in anticipation to uh, in, in anticipation of working there full time. But then I got an offer from the Daily News in New York and I, you know, that changed a lot of things and then once I got into broadcasting uh, I had a chance to work with the great Marty Glickman who is, you know, this yes. unbelievably legendary mm-hmm. New York announcer yes. by way of uh, I couldn't remember what high school he went to he's from Brooklyn I think And uh, anyway he was you know, as you know the voice of pretty much everything in New York for so many years and when I was at MSG and uh, NBC he was an announcer coach more specifically for play by play and that was a huge turning point I mean a lot of stuff that I sort of known intuitively or had done from imitating other guys I mean he just locked it in and and put me, you know, locked me in on the lane, and and I went from there, and that that's been pretty much it. I mean, Art Rush Jr. was also was a hero of mine because he was, and until uh, let's see, he was the first, as far as I know, he was the first uh, black sports talk host uh, at a major radio station in New York, and then uh, I wound up competing against him when I was at WNBC. So that was a lot of fun. So those are the guys that sort of come to mind real quick. And I, you read my mind, Dave. I'm a big radio guy. I've been listening to here in New York, uh, WFAN, which uh, you were. I had the privilege to listen to you with Eddie Coleman as well during uh, uh, your uh, time, you know, some of your mm-hmm. history, which was great. 89 to 93. Both. Had a good run. Had a yeah. Good run. Yes. Yes. And Art Russ Jr., I, 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 that name, I did, you know, when I was a kid, have an opportunity and. You know, listen, they, they give other people the accolade, accolade, excuse me, but Art Russ Jr., to me, was one of the first pioneers of sports talk radio. I don't know if he yeah, was the I first, mean, but if he wasn't, well, he, he was, he was first, one of them. I'm pretty sure he was the first black uh, host. I know Marv did, Marv Albert did some sports talk uh, in New York, and I think uh, Bill Mazur did some, but that didn't, mm-hmm. then everything exploded when FAN, you know, went all sports and, you know, changed the industry. How did that change your career, Dave? Um, anytime you go on 50,000 watts in 38 states at night from 7.30 to midnight, it's going to change things. In terms of people uh, you know, hearing you, and it, that led to um, uh, guys at MSG Network. You know, they were looking for summertime programming for so many years once the Knicks and Rangers were done. 
I remember, I, and I did enjoy this. There were some summers I can remember. It had to be like summer 84, 85. They were showing reruns of the old Untouchables show from the late 50s, early 60s. But uh, I, I think a couple of guys, their executive uh, producers, and I think their president, I matter of fact, was Bob Dukowski at the time, said he was in a cab one time and heard me on WNBC radio and uh, said, I like this guy, and uh, let's see if we can simulcast. So we simulcast that show. Summers of 80, so picked it up in like July of 86 and 87, and then did a form of the show until 90, 91-ish, something like that. And uh, it, that that was unbelievable because from there, you know, I, I started looking for play-by-play gigs. I got the Temple University gig, and then the three bulls. I did one season, the 90 season, and that led to getting hooked up with ESPN, and I had a good run there until about 2007. So. Yeah, you know, one you know one thing gets another. You just gotta you gotta be lucky. First of all, it's built thing that Joe DiMaggio always talked about. People said, Joe, why do you play so hard? Why is it so important? Be at your best every day. He says because somebody's seeing you for the first time. That's wow, right. that, that's pretty good. That's and deep. Then you keep yeah, you keep that in mind, and it's good. It's great inspiration to make sure you know you do your preparation, be ready to rock and roll every day. What's what's the most challenging part about doing play by play? Well, it's a part of my life now. I mean, it's uh, I, I don't I find it a joy. Is there is there a part of, of of name being able to pronounce a name or nah, what, what's, what's the toughest part all. about it, doing it, that? I don't I don't find it, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and, and I never really. There's there's, kind of, there's points of emphasis that I have that I want to make sure you know pronunciation particularly you know when you're broadcasting, but I, I don't know it's just part of, I don't consider it difficult. It's just it's something that it's a checkpoint that that has to be has to be marked. It's a way of doing things, and you, you just you do it. And I, a lot of it is trial and error, and uh, and you get and the, the whole thing when you get into this, you got to be comfortable with who you are, what you sound like, what you look like. You got to be confident that you that you've done your preparation, and you're ready to make a presentation and do it with great enthusiasm. And uh, I, I like to think that I've been pretty successful doing that. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Uh... Love to, to to see those who put in the work, as you say, and success. A lot of times we'll get responses for the listeners. It's like, you know, it seems like to them, like you, that because they didn't know someone and they, they, they see someone just explode on a scene that it happened overnight. And most of the time, that's never the case. Most of the no time, has been a journey. <laughs> oh, there's no question. I mean, you know, I you know, I was looking for a full-time baseball job for a long time, and I had after, especially wanting to do it, and I had a taste of doing some games with them when I was at MSG Network, did some St. John's games. Uh, then I got to, to do some. Then I got two summers, at, uh, two seasons with um, ESPN doing Major League Baseball, I was doing VNet games, and that was a lot. Of, that was a blast. And, uh, that was unbelievably exciting to meet, to meet so many guys that you grow up, or even you know, even guys your own age, and you know, you've been following and then meet them, and and then now you know I've been doing this my stage of life now, where I'm older than uh, most of the managers and, and coaches and the players and everything. So, but I keep myself in, in really good shape. So a lot of days I don't realize how old I am, and, and it's just it's just the right you know that. Walking around, everybody calling you. A lot of these guys, kids calling you sir, and 
but even more important than that, that for me is to have met some of you know my heroes from you know the Major League Baseball days, watching in the '60s. You know, I've interviewed Willie Mays and Don Drysdale and Bob Gibson and Joe Torre and you know McCarver and then some of these guys. You know, hey Dave, how are you? And I think one of the coolest things that ever happened to me in that regard was I think it was my had been my first year. I think Buddy Bell was the manager of the White Sox, and I walk into his office. They were at our place in Seattle. He says, Ted Sims, I've been a fan of yours for many years. Hey, Hawaii, good to meet you. So it's like, that's when you know, you know, that that's a trip. You walk in, and these guys are like, I remember the first time I met Mattingly, and he was, was he managing, or was he? I think he was managing the, when he got the managerial job. And, uh, yeah, he's with the Dodgers. And I walked into the clubhouse and said, hey, how are you? And we, we hadn't interacted much, if at all, when he was playing because I wasn't up at the stadium a whole lot. And, oh, man, I love your voice. How you doing? Come on, sit down. Have a seat. And, that, and that's the thing I love about the, one of the many things I love about doing a baseball job because it's such a storytelling sport. And uh, you know, you, you develop a, a group of, you know who the go-to guys are for information and anecdotes and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I digress, but the, the, you're right. It, it's a journey. There's no question. Definitely. And and you, uh, you know, I'd love to recognize our pioneers, especially, um, you know, people that follow the show that, you know, we're African-American, myself and the bread man, as well as Jack. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, how do, you know, you're Dave, you've been very successful for those specifically African American sisters and brothers that want to get into the business, what what would you what would you say to them as far as uh, you know? It's just not many of us uh, are, well, are they the not getting an opportunity, or is there just not really a good pathway for them? Well, I can speak specifically to baseball. Baseball, and this is man, I get on hour on this. Baseball now, well, it's trying to regain what it had in terms of black following back in the 50s and 60s where you had kids I know I grew up in Philly and man every every uh, rec center playground you know had a base had baseball teams had some kind of active whether it be you know 10 to 12 or 12 to 14 or 16 or 18 or something at least one if not all those groups playing baseball or, or and then pickup games. I traveled around the city and then eventually played Babe Ruth ball and played high school ball four years started and you know I love baseball and that's not the case now that doesn't have the sex appeal that say the NBA and the NFL has in terms of drawing black fans let alone black participants obviously in the NBA it's what 75-80% you know personnel on, on the floor is black 70% yes or thereabouts in the NFL and baseball, and out of 750 active guys, we're lucky to have we're lucky to have 60 players who are African American. I mean, I made a count the other day of the Mariners. Uh, they had uh, I was watching online. The Mariners pre, was at the pre-spring training media day, and I got such a thrill because at one point they had three of the uh, the newer the new play three new players that we have obtained during the off season. <laughs> and we've that's all another story we've got to turn over a whole team but anyway yeah we won't point, get into that today because that, that'll one, take the whole interview oh dude unbelievable at one point we had J.P. Crawford Malik Smith and Justice Sheffield three African Americans on the desk at the same time and I'm looking at this I was like I had to rub my eyes am I actually looking at this so potentially we could have those three 
where at Tim Beckham, who they, they signed as four, and D. Gordon returning as five, we could have five brothers on the team, which be, might be, and I have to go continue to do my research, but that could be the, as many black guys as the Mariners have ever had uh, ever had on the team at one time, or certainly first in a long time. And, you know, you can go through major league rosters the last couple, three years, and you can find some teams that had one or none, one or no, African Americans on a team, and I think uh, where are we? This is nineteen seventeen season. I think Gerard Dyson was the only brother we had on the team. I, I remember going up to him and said, "Yo, man, you and you and I are the only ones." And he looked around wow. and said, "Yeah, you got that right." Yeah, yeah. It's so you know, it's a problem. It's a problem. And in terms of broadcasting, you know, let me just back up. And in terms of trying to get another, say, baseball broadcasting, I'm the only full time lead play by play. Announcer, a black play-by-play announcer, Major League Baseball, uh, non-former player division, and the only other black brother they call some play-by-play is kept the great Kenny Singleton with the Yankees, and you know he does, you know he's he's probably eighty percent, you know, an analyst and the other uh, on play-by-play, and then you got Robert Fortis from the Bronx by way of Syracuse, he's the uh, lead play-by-play announcer on radio for the Astros. And uh, he's what he he would only be somebody to another buddy of mine, Mike Claiborne at St. Louis. He does pre and post some play by play. That's about it, counting on, you know announcers and, and a handful of former players that do it. So wow. our numbers are few in baseball. It's unbelievable, and it's not much better in, in terms of broadcasting. As a matter of fact, it's just as bad broadcasting uh, NBA and um, and NFL. The numbers have been yeah. Find fewer than probably seven or eight guys. I know Fox has Charles Davis uh, and Ron Dick Barber. Uh, there aren't a heck of a lot of guys doing color on, on the NFL. It's Do crazy. you think that we are just not really looking at the opportunity or there? Or no, you got to present yourself. Not you have to present yourself, man. You have to present yourself. You have to get out there. And, you know, like I said, I started doing, I did Temple University football for practically peanuts. But, you know, that that season, you know, those 10 games I did in 1990, uh, the, the 1990 football season, February 91, I was doing basketball on ESPN on TV. So you got to get, you got to, you got to get your reps in. You got to do a great job. You got to get your, you got to get your, your, your tapes and whatnot in the hands of producers and executive producers at regional sports networks uh, uh, and uh, and local entities. I mean, that's how you have to do it. The other thing, you just can't say, oh, man, it's good working. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get turned down. You're going to get rejected. I mean, actors go through it all the time. And it's the same thing in this side of the business. And you just got to persevere. It's simple as that. Got to stay at it. Yeah. Definitely got to stay at it. So, Dave, what, what would you say, I mean, super talented you do basketball, baseball, football. What would be the, the you know? Obviously, I know you're doing all well. Is there a preference that, that you'd like to call over and over? I get asked that all the time, and I always say, that, uh, <laughs> "Which one of your children do you love more?" I mean, they're all it's, you know. I, I I get off of doing all of them. It's uh, and right now at this stage, I'm doing principally. Uh, Doing baseball with just a little bit of basketball thrown in because you know baseball. You go to spring. I go to spring training and uh, what's today? Today is February 29th. I go to spring training on the 19th of February. You know we play 20 games in 21 days. Go to Japan for a week, two exhibitions, two regular season games over there. Come back, 
you know, it's going to be 162, 182. It's going to be 185 games, 185-ish games to make the playoffs. Man, that's a, that's a heck of a lot of baseball. That's a lot of events. And so, you know, I, a few years ago, ESPN, you know, they cut ties and I picked up with uh, five. And I told them, I said, listen, I'd love to, love to work with you guys, but I do not want to get on a plane. So I'd do about... Like this year, I think I did about six basketball games spread out in the local area. And local area being Washington, anywhere from Washington to uh, in the Big East, Washington to Providence. You know, so, hey, what would you, you, you got to get that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. Uh, especially, like you said, doing baseball. I mean, I love baseball, but it's every night almost. You know, it's, yeah, it's, well, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is, and, and once you know, once you're doing, you get momentum going. I mean, and I look back, I'm proud of the fact that for what was it from 2007 to 2014, I did I did start the year doing or finishing up my basketball season, then right into baseball, then right into football. So that I did the Sunday up I did Sunday night football and Sunday afternoon football, and I had a good run doing that. So I got I have no real complaints. What would you think, Dave, is your most memorable memorable call? Would it be Philip uh, Humber's uh, perfect game, or would it be well? That was calling Felix Hernandez. Yeah, that was it till Felix threw a perfect game because you know obviously the Felix one means more because it was you know, it was our team, and you know it was just a Wednesday afternoon getaway day game. What was it? August fifteenth, two thousand twelve. And uh, yeah, it was, that was that was that was huge. Uh, you know, I've been lucky to do some, I probably seven or eight uh, AFC and NFC championship games. Those were great, but uh, you know that one because you know I'm a hometown announcer, and you know, when when your guy when your lead dog throws a perfecto, man, that's 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 yep. top of the chart. Hey, you're, and the only you're thing, the only thing that would beat that. Oh yeah, the you're, only thing that would beat you're that forever enshrined. Yeah, and, and and the one thing with baseball that the other sports really don't do as well is that that their their history they enshrine those well, individuals. Yeah, I think they, they all do, but baseball probably is at the top of that is the head at the front of that line, and uh, because of the numbers and the, you know the history and the, you know the history is longer, obviously. But uh, no, it's I would say. It would have to be Felix's uh, perfect. And I've had other games. There have been other games that have been just where I felt like, and I nailed it. And you know, Mariners, I, I can remember. Oh, I remember one game. Um, oh, where were we? This is, I think it was so the 16 season. Yeah, the 16 season. 162. Wound up having, I think it was a 9 8 game that we lost in Seattle to Oakland that knocked us out of. Uh, Wild card contention, but that game was up and down. It was quiet and it exploded. Mm-hmm. And the A's went up and then we came back and then we gave it up and then we came back again and eventually lost. I think in the ninth inning, but that was one of the great roller coaster rides I think I've ever had in broadcast. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an it's amazing season for you as well. Uh, the team has Edgar Martinez going into the hall. Why don't you talk a little bit about that briefly? Well, you know. It, I wasn't there during his playing days, but certainly you know, as a baseball fan, I know who he is, and, and certainly watch all those games. He, I mean, it was what eleven for nineteen with something like a seven hundred slugging percentage against Mariano Rivera, and uh, uh, just a terrific gentleman. Um, 
I think, you know, in terms of preparation and working with his, his natural talent and his consistency over 18 years, and a guy who's what, uh, his slash line is what, 300 plus, 400 plus, 500 plus, yep. and only 10, 12 yep. other guys who've ever done that. Uh, I, I think it, it's about time that he was recognized. I mean, those are all the numbers. And when you talk to his peer group, forget about it. They, you know, I was, I was getting a kick out of getting indignant that you even ask him that. I know from uh, talking to Big Poppy David Ortiz. I mean, I, I think I don't think any question. You know, he had that hiccup. Supposedly, he was on some steroid list or something, or a banned substance list. But he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, and he won that Edgar Martinez DH of the Year award several times. I mean, they name a freaking award after you. Obviously, uh, doing something right. So, yeah, a lot absolutely. of people who grew up watching Edgar, I mean, you know, their excitement is overwhelming in Seattle. So, it, and, I, and I couldn't be happier with him. He was our hitting coach uh, through last year, started mid fifteen. Like he had a tremendous influence on a lot of guys. And I, you know, I'm excited for him. Be, I'm sure there's an Andrew Martinez weekend coming up in the summer. It'll be a big deal, just like we did for Junior. Well, so you mentioned steroids. What what would you – do you think Clemson and Bonds will ever make it in before 10 years goes by? Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've come up into the 70s, and it looks like it, that, that could possibly happen. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm to the point now this days my life like – uh, I would even I, I, It's a museum And these guys dominated during their time And even if you draw a line To a line of demarcation Where you think they started using uh, You know PEDs you could go back To the early part to that line And their career is Hall of Fame worthy So it, it, there's a lot of Saints and sinners in the Hall of Fame and, and a lot of racists, a lot of white beaters, a lot of drunks, a lot of just totally slow-life scumbags. These guys took PEDs, yeah, they cheated. And, uh, but I don't know, I guess I'm in a, a forgiving yeah, mood. Like they owned his new that they would, they would Yeah, and, they, and everybody was, no was, you know, in part of the whole, you know, everybody was in the whole package. I mean, baseball exalted, you know, Mark and Sammy during that, that home run chase. Uh I, I, I sort of wish to get in, to be honest with you, because I, I just think I'm tired of the debate, to be honest with you. Right, right. I agree. I concur with that. Would you, would you uh, were you surprised that Jackie Robinson during his time only got 77 percent of the vote? Now I know he got in, but the, 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 we don't even don't go there because that would get me angry. All right. How All do right. you not have Babe Ruth? <laughs> no, I'm joking, joking, but I'm saying. How do you have some of the, the greatest names in the history of sport not be unanimous? I mean, give me a break. I mean, Ruth, Willie May, Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I mean, come on. That is so absurd the way they do that. It I is. Mean, and even was it, I think the first class with Otis Wagner, those guys, not all of those guys were unanimous. That's just stupid. It is. It is. A couple more. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. Your time, I'm saying, Ed, because you, you did spend some time. We talked about uh, with uh, Eddie Coleman. Do you guys still have a chance to uh, kind of kick it every now and then? No, not really, because he's uh, he, he he started raising kids late in life, and, uh, and so he's got that working. He lives up, I don't even know, he lives up in Westchester somewhere. And plus, you know, he does the Mets. He's back on the Mets beat, so I saw right. him. 
when the Mets came out our way, I just got to be where we were. Probably in the 17th, the 16th or 17th season, I saw them. Yeah, we haven't been in my 13, my 12 years with the Mariners. We haven't been to, uh, been a, we've played the Mets in, in New York once back in 08. And, uh, Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, I know. And they've come to us twice. I'm sure next year in Italy play we'll be going to, we'll be playing City Field. I've never been to City Field, but you know, and, you know, we touch base a lot and uh, on the phone, and he, he hears the same thing that I hear. Hey, really enjoyed you guys' work. Wish you were still, you know, on FAN. Yada yada yada. So, yeah, uh, he's a good guy. I enjoyed I enjoyed the time working with one of the really really good guys and a terrific broadcaster too. Absolutely. And so I, we, you mentioned a little bit, and, and I know you played football as well as uh, baseball. And I know uh, it, it doesn't matter to you. Was there a preference when you when you were, you know coming through and doing, you know in school and you like both sports equally, or now you're a football well, baseball I, I, guy? I like you know I played five four year high school letterman and, and baseball captain co captain and at the time in high school I had a good run. And uh, football, I played three years of varsity, and I get I made all oh, I made honorable mention uh, one year, and I got most improved player another year. I enjoyed it, um, but baseball was my game because I, know, I just I, I was a catcher, and I you know a little bit of control element there that you had. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And then I played, I played two years, played two years American Legion ball. We were Philly runner-up. And Philly champions went to regional, state regionals both years, and uh, made the all-star team twice. So yeah, I was good and played D three football one year. Uh, finished third in my in a conference D three conference out in the Midwest uh, at kickoff return. So I, I, my athletic career was pretty darn good. I, I enjoyed it, and, but I always knew I wanted to get into the broadcasting. Well, we're glad you did. I'll tell you that. Enjoy you when you get a chance to listen. <clears throat> we wish you would, you know, here in the New York area, you know, so we could hear you on a regular basis. But um, get that MLB not forgotten. Package, man. MLB at bat. You get MLB at bat. You hear every game, every home and away TV radio. There you go. There you go, Brad. Always, always selling, baby. Always. Yeah, plugging. that's it. That's it. <laughs> Never know who's That's how you knock the doors down. Knock the doors down. <laughs> That's right. If you don't say it, you know, they're not going to do it for you. So you got you to gotta pump. You got to pump your brand, man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brett. You got anything for Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, yeah, speaking of that, um, uh, knocking down the doors, like we were saying, that there's not many African-Americans, you know, covering baseball and even hockey. Uh, I think we talked about a couple years ago, about Felipe Lopez, he was um, all star basketball player, and he went to St. John's. Then he just because I just got out the military, and he fell off the map. So one day I was just flipping through the channels trying to find something, and I seen him as an announcer. I'm like, what the heck? Because I was trying to figure out what happened to him, because he was a phenomenon before uh, LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? You follow him through high school, college. He's supposed to be the next big thing to come to the uh, NBA, and I think Anthony Hardaway was still playing. So he he and um, Brad Doherty were the first, you know, people of color that I had followed when I got out the military and seeing right. them going from sports uh, to announcer. And I was pretty proud right. of that because Brad Doherty, I seen him doing 
NASCAR. I'm like, what? Yeah, he grew, <laughs> you up, know what he grew up in North. He grew up in North Carolina. I did a lot of yeah. Brad, really good guy. He yeah. wore the number 43 because as a NASCAR fan, his guy was exactly. Yeah. And, and he he he, he kind of motivated me, you know, to follow because you know I wasn't never a sports like announcer type of guy. I was like you. I like to play, but I didn't want to cover it like that. You know what I'm saying? But it was intriguing just to see. You know, men of color to see how they transition from the game to announcing the game. So I thought that was pretty yeah. special. Yeah, it was and, a lot uh, more of this now than there were when I started. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it took me by surprise to see. You know, it wasn't even like they were scrubs either. You know what I'm saying? They was, mm-hmm. you know, they were standouts. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So they, so that was pretty cool. You know, so I congratulate you on all your success. And well, I appreciate like that. that. So. Thank you. Yeah, and, and definitely, uh, Dave, uh, uh, just being out there and, you know, we have touched on, you know, some of the people that influenced you and actually ourselves as well. You know, we, we kind of got motivated, uh, you know, being on, we, we've probably one of the first to, to do the blog talk type of, uh, you know, the, um, you know, internet radio. And uh, it's been great to us to be able to reach people around the world, have individuals yes, like yourself. Let the audience know, hey, give them a quick insight of what it takes mm-hmm. to do what you do and, and the work involved. That's what's amazing how many people think that it just happens. So, <laughs> you know, it, it really is. It's just amazing the, the response you get back from the audience. is like, wow, it takes mm-hmm. that much work. Yeah, whatever you want to do is nothing mm-hmm. easy. There's very few people that just get handed. Yeah, you don't just show up most of the time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you just don't show up. You can't do that at the fast food place. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays. So so before we let you run, Dave, uh, my uh, partner, the Brett Man, is a big Rams fan. We won't go into the whole shenanigans of what happened against my Saints. That's my second Mm. team. My first team is the Cowboys. But we um, too. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, what's what, what's your uh, thoughts on the real quick the game this weekend well, and anything else? Well, they better. Aaron Donald and, and Dominic and Sue have to have a good game. Uh, they have to really do a good job forcing uh, Brady, you know, up the middle. The offensive line. I mean, everybody talks about Brady as well. They should, but. I thought his offensive line was fantastic in the championship game and gave him a lot of time to throw. You know, then they, you know, of course they benefited from that bogus uh, rough and a passer uh, penalty. That was, that was good. But, you know, you got to salute the offensive line. They gave him time. They give him time. Uh, Gronk did a great job of blocking. You know, they, they, the run game was, was outstanding. And then once they took Edelman away, they started going to Gronk. You know, he had a physical mismatch. I mean, it was like in basketball, putting a, you know, having a point guard trying to guard his center, and they took advantage mm-hmm. of it. It was a good job. But exactly. I, I think that, you know, if they're, if they're – I don't know what the hell happened to, to Todd Gurley. He looked like he was out of sync or wasn't with it or some, something. He uh, he wasn't dynamic at all. I think he's hurt, all. Dave. I think he's hurt. And, uh, I think he's well, hurt. they say he's not, but whatever it is, if he if he's yeah, not hurt, hopefully the other guy can carry the load. But – they got mm-hmm. a better chance that both are healthy, and you know I like the way the Rams run. You know, run their offense. I I think I don't think it'll be a, a runaway. I know I think I, what is the line? I, I forgot. What, I didn't really look. Two and a half. I think two and a half. Two and a half. Is it two and a half? Mm-hmm. Patriots yeah. two and a half. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the Rams have more than a puncher's chance to win this thing. No, I don't think mm-hmm. they'll be afraid. I think Big Bay's a hell of a coach. I think that, you know, he's a football lifer. I don't think he's going to be intimidated. I think that, uh, you know, I think he might be able to, you know, whatever Belichick throws at him, I think they'll have an answer. I think he's that smart a coach. I think he's that good a staff. So I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Rams. I mean, I have tremendous respect for. Uh, Belichick and what the what the Patriots have done, but I'm I'm going to be rooting for the Rams. Yes, that makes two of us, Dave. They, the only thing I'm worried about, I mean, and he's really showed it. I mean, you know, I can't stand New England. I mean, they've been on this long journey. They got they've been very lucky, but I you know I believe you create your own luck. But Belichick is a master of taking away your best uh, no qualities question. that you do. It's like Master. the old Sparky Anderson thing. Sparky Anderson used to do that. He, he used to go up to Ken Griffey Jr. and say, son, you're not playing today. Said, what do you mean? He says, I'm not pitching to you. You're going to walk four times. So, uh, you know, they're gonna, they'll are gonna try to take something away from one or two things away from uh, the Rams on offense, and, and that they're going to have to counteract it. It is. And it's amazing, Dave, and, and we'll let you go after this. Of course, all the Giant fans, they always get at me. But I always, I, I told him recently, anybody that Bill Belichick does not want anymore, you don't want to sign. And I'm referencing, you know, the Giants signed uh, New England's former left tackle. Oh, oh yeah. And, and he was there for a long time, they, he won a bunch of Super Bowls. Yeah, the old lineman, yeah. Yeah, they, they got rid of him, and he gets a seventh-round pick or something or, or trades for a guy who nobody heard of. And this guy's masterful at the left tackle. It's just amazing what the guy does. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the personnel. You mentioned are that really they good. can't touch him, right? You can't touch yeah. them. And that line is, it, like you said, the key if you're going to beat Brady is pressure up the middle. If you don't get any pressure up the middle, it's all over. He's not somebody. He's not going to uh, keep plays alive. Uh, and, and you know when they're running the ball, I mean he's elusive. No. Stepping up into the pocket, maybe a two or three, you know, he could scramble a little bit to his left and right. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I can't remember. I'm blanking on who's the offensive lineman. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's an unusual name, but he it was a real, oh, Nate Soldier. That's a soldier. That's what. Yeah, there you go. That's what you have to be wary. Whenever he doesn't want to resign somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, who was a great defensive end they had, uh, uh, 93, Richard something, and he um, he had maybe one one more good year after that. No, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It, it, it'll yeah, be, yeah, I, think, to... I think it's going to be a competitive game, and uh, it'll be, it'll be, it should be fun. We hope you're right, Dave, and, you know, maybe, uh, well, actually, you're going into your busy season, but when you slow down, we'll probably have you back on and say that you were right, or... We were both. We were right. We were right. <laughs> yeah, right. Believe me, yeah. I let I let Vegas make those calls. It's just to pay the pay. <laughs> I don't put any money on it. I don't, I don't spend a, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time, you know, trying to get forty reasons from Sunday why somebody won not game. It's not that. Mm. No, it's just not that thing. <laughs> so I'm betting well, on the coin toss. The, <laughs> there you go. There you mm. go. You got fifty fifty shot. Oh, Dave, it's mm. been a a blast having you on. We appreciate you carving out some time out of your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, perhaps later after your season, perhaps we'll, we'll circle back with you and touch base on some new and interesting things. 
that I'm sure will happen in the sports world. And uh, like hey, I said, we, hey, we love you. Do you have anything that, that you'd like and, to plug? Uh, you, you bet. I appreciate the time, and uh, good luck to you guys as we move forward. We, we appreciate your support. We'll talk to you real soon. Well, Brad, another great guest. And it's, it's just amazing, the input and the knowledge that you uh, acquire and learn. So we hope our listeners really uh, appreciate the interview with Mr. Dave Sims, a legend in what he does. He's just a trailblazer, and shoot, I tell you, I don't think there's too many people that could do it better. So with that said, Brett, until next week, stay safe, stay sound, God bless. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.